Hello and welcome to the podcast, Keeping Up with the Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to today's episode. We are dedicating this episode to Prince Philip's funeral and we'll be talking all about what Rachel and I thought about it. So stay tuned and let's get going. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up with the Windsors dedicated to the royal family each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of windsor with your hosts and royal fangirls rachel andrews and michelle thole so grab yourself a cuppa straighten up your tiara shine your knighthood round up your corgis and let's let's keep up with with the windsors okay so it was a very different funeral than what we've been used to in the past. So what are your first thoughts about a scaled down royal funeral, Rach? I thought in the circumstances, it was obviously the right thing to do. We still got the whole pageantry side of the aspect of that, that we would have received if it was on a much larger scale. But I just felt in terms of the family themselves, it was probably the best way that they could have done it because it felt like although we was all watching it it felt like a family funeral it felt very personal and very intimate even though there's millions of people watching worldwide what did you think I thought it was one of uh again this sounds really weird but one of my favorite funerals (laughs) doesn't that sound weird um I I just honestly I really thought it was beautiful it was poignant, it was somber, it was um, personalized, and it was about the family and them saying goodbye and us watching that. I don't particularly need pageantry. I don't particularly need pomp and ceremony. And I sure don't need people lining up in, in the, uh, the mall just to wave goodbye to a coffin. That always feels very disingenuous. And I know, obviously, it's not. It's a way of people to mourn and to grieve. But what I loved was we were, it was like, it sounds awful, doesn't it? But it felt like a fly on the wall in a in a very family funeral. But mm. you know the person, but you've never met them. And I guess yeah. in a way, what was wonderful was actually having the step back and watching it in the, um, through the television and mm. knowing your place in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think the whole pomp pageantry side fit um obviously we know that prince philip had a hand in designing a lot of the aspects of the funeral and what i mean by the pomp is the military side of it you know when they're in all their regala and you you've got the band playing and that's i thought that was such a fitting tribute to him because he was a navy man and he's supported the military throughout his whole life um, and i think that was just a really nice way for them to pay their respects to him. I thought that was beautiful. I liked the fact that there was just enough of that. Yeah. A lot of people during co- uh, coronavirus have had to have these scaled down funerals. Um, for instance, I didn't even go to my nan's funeral. There was only 10 people allowed to go. And that just didn't include me. And that was hard watching on television, my nan's funeral. And what I loved was they were able to still have that, still have the 30 people, still have this scaled down version 
But then because obviously they've got the space and they were able to um, insert the military parts. And what I loved was they were represented, yes, not in the way that they wanted initially to be represented, but they were. And it was so elegant. It was so classic. There was something about it that having that scaled down version for me actually made it more beautiful. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, the bit that got me was when they the band started um, and they played I Vow to Thee, My Country. And I mm. was literally in tears at that point. I was just like, it's, it's just something about the music of that song. Um, and obviously when, you, when you're in a service, if, it's, if the words are playing the words of the song as well, um, but I just thought that was so fitting to him because, as we've talked about before, the life of service and duty was basically all in that one song, mm. and that really and that really got to me. That did. Well, I have to say, I started watching t- the television at quarter to one. I think I wanted to like they were interviewing lots of people on the BBC and I wanted to just listen as they were going to get into the, the, the somber mood, shall we mm. say. And I even, I even called you, didn't I, Rach? <laughs> and I was in the shop and I was like, it feels weird buying snacks for a funeral, <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> but I thought I'm in here for the long haul. Like I'm here until about four o'clock. Um, I can't go without any snacks. So, um, yeah, so I bought some snacks and I sat there and I watched television and I started tearing up from the very moment David Attenborough started talking. I was just like, mm. ah. um, and so I thought I, I knew I, I got a box of tissues. I knew what there was going to be tears. Then I saw the, the military kind of, uh, they were all lined up ready to walk, to take their spaces. So I'm like, oh, something, you know, <laughs> there, there's this um, anticipation. Like, mm. I don't want to say goodbye. Like, I don't want to say goodbye, but here it is. And, um, and because you don't know what to expect, you don't know how it's going to look yeah. as well. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. So when obviously they were in the quadrangle and it was all the different regiments of the military, and I was just like, wow. At this at this point, um, I was at home with um, my family, and um, my dad actually said, "Come on, like this is the UK. This is what nobody does. This like the UK." Yeah. Yeah. It just made it just made you feel a bit proud at that moment that they were giving the send off to someone as you know important as the Duke of Edinburgh, and it was like this is the way to go, you know. Yeah, um, and well, I'll tell you all the times I had tears most of the time, but um, <laughs> the first one was as soon as I saw the carriage and the horses, their fell ponies, and their Balmoral Nevis, and not Law Storm. Uh, the whole time, the whole yeah. time. I just imagined the Duke of Edinburgh sat at his desk writing this funeral out. Like, I want this song and I want the ponies yeah. there. And I, and it, it just, oh my goodness me, like he chose this piece of music. He wanted the carriage and the horses there. And then they panned in on his hat and his gloves. And oh. the, little, the little sugar pot where he gives the sugar lumps to the horses. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I can't deal with this. I, I was uncontrollable. I, I yeah. just went, I couldn't, I couldn't. 
So the bit that got me was, as I said, um, when the band started playing, I vowed to leave my country. But the other bit was when all the staff came out of the castle and were lining up. <gasps> and I was at that point, I was like, <gasps> I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't oh, hold it back. Yeah. And then the next bit that got me, because obviously we saw the Land Rover and I was like, where's the coffin? Like, wh- when's the coffin? And obviously you were just anticipating the coffin. And the coffin started to come out and I was just, I think my brother said something and I was talking to him and I was like, welling up a bit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> talking. <laughs> then the the men that put, that was looking after that coffin, wow. They did that with such precision and care. It was stunning the way they did that. I kept looking at their feet thinking they were going to do a Jennifer Lawrence at the Oscars. Like, I'm not kidding. I looked at their feet thinking... Oh. And also when they were going up the steps to St. George's Chapel, I thought, OMG, that is skill. And then they had to stand there for the minute silence. Coffins are really heavy. I had so much respect. What an amazing job they did. Yes, so amazing. The next bit that got me where I was like crying was when we first saw the family behind the coffin and it panned getting a bit emotional now thinking about it it panned Mm. to Charles and Anne and oh my god I honestly was like wow so much dignity and you could tell like they were like it panned to Anne and you could tell she was like she was swallowing quite a lot because she was obviously trying to hold back the tears and at that point I was like this 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 family wow they know that the cameras are on them they know that but this is the way they, they're saying goodbye to their father and just admiration to all of them for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we mentioned in last week's episode, you said that he's um, sword and he's, um, what was his it? Yeah, cap. his navel cap were on the coffin. And on that was a wreath um, which had white lilies, um, roses and freesias. And white lilies are significant because apparently the Duke of Edinburgh used to give these to the Queen on special occasions. And there was a note on there. And a lot of people have said, um, you're loving Lilibet. But I don't think it says that. I thought it said in loving memory. In loving memory. It did say in loving memory. Um, Because where people were saying you're, and I was like, no, it's too short. I I 100% agree with you, Rach. It's in loving memory. And then you couldn't really see because of the flowers, but maybe it said like lily bit underneath it or something. Possibly. Mm, okay. Yeah. This for me, I started blubbering like a baby. If you've watched the funeral on the BBC, Hugh Edwards was the presenter who um, led the program for the whole of the funeral. And there was a moment when the Duke of Edinburgh's coffin was, was at the beginning. Then we had all the family's procession. And then behind was the queen in, I think she was in a Bentley at the time. Well, she was, it was a Bentley, wasn't it? Yeah. The state Bentley. Yeah. And Hugh Edwards said, after a lifetime of walking two steps behind the queen, the Duke takes precedence for the first and only time. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like it was so, so true he's always been that two or three steps behind her and this would be the first but the only time that he would be in front yeah I just I just lost it I couldn't deal with it Mm -hmm. Hugh Edwards how dare you with your words (laughs) (laughs) I think the lasting image of the funeral will definitely be 
Her Majesty sitting alone by herself. Normally, in occasions at Windsor Castle before, the Duke of Edinburgh would have been sitting right beside her. And the fact that he will no longer be doing that um, is just so poignant in the fact that that shot was her by herself. Yeah, and I think that will probably be the the photo that will always be used when talking about the Queen and losing her husband. It was really sad, but also there have been families up and down the country and all over the world who would have had to have sat alone during a funeral and not be comforted because of COVID and restrictions. So again, it was just that reminder that this funeral is different COVID is still front and centre and the reason why the funeral was the way it was. I mean, I watched it on the BBC, so I didn't watch it on any other channel, so I don't know about what their coverage was. But I thought that they respectfully gave a lot of distance to the Queen during the, the broadcast. Mm. So they panned in on her maybe four times throughout the whole of the... I mean, don't quote me on that, I didn't count it. But um, during the ceremony, and I thought that was wonderful but to yeah. give her the space and also those masks can actually hide quite a lot of emotion behind them um might might have been a comfort for them yeah I think um definitely I I felt that that it was really respectful that they didn't a lot of the time even the other family members they didn't really pan to them a lot Mm. um and because obviously it was hard because they were all socially distanced so they weren't actually sitting near each other there was a couple of times that they went to certain people, but I didn't even see the three German relatives. I didn't see them mm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I didn't see, I think I got like one glimpse of the Duke of Kent and that was it. Mm. Didn't see Lady Sarah Chatto or her husband or um, mm. the Earl of Snowden either. I didn't see any of them. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I just, I totally agree. I thought that was a really respectful way. And every time they did pan to the Queen, she had her head bowed, didn't she? Yeah. Because again, she knows that the cameras are on her. Mm-hmm. She knows that people will be watching. I don't need to see a picture of the Queen crying. Like, that that's her own personal grief. Mm. You know, it, it was it was respectful. He was a he was a public figure. He was a servant to our country. And so that's the reason it's publicized. I don't particularly need to see the royal family crying um, or in their most vulnerable and state of mourning you know I I don't need to see that as a viewer I need to be part of the ceremony to say my respects uh to the Duke of Edinburgh so I I actually thought it was so respectful the way that it was broadcast and let me tell you something that I it was a little bit of a game to me whilst I was watching was to find the hidden camera so I don't know whether you uh, you were looking but at the front of saint george's chapel they had (laughs) it was it was perfect they had two boxes that had the cameras pointing outwards but they were camouflaged so you couldn't see it oh and if you watch it again you'll probably see like the little slit where there's like a little bit of black uh so it's not stone but the way they built it and the way that they made it look like the outside of the chapel was amazing and then from that point when I noticed it because I was looking I was like where are the cameras hang on a second it looks like there's no cameras but we can see a view to the coffin come upstairs and then when all the military was playing I then was looking to see where the cameras were and the way they hid those cameras in respect so it doesn't deflect from the the ceremony was spot on it was so perfect and so respectful so I think the the actual um 
the coverage and the way in which they shot the the funeral was just beautiful mm. honestly it was so well done yeah. um i just want to speak about the absolutely incredible choir incredible incredible usually we would have um obviously male singers but also um boys singing they'll be singing the soprano parts of the songs and we had three men and they were all part they're all part of the clergy in St George's Chapel and the soprano the lady um is an Australian soprano called Miriam Allen and wow she was absolutely her voice Mm. was stunning absolutely stunning um and I've said before, choral music always gets me. Always. Like there's just something yeah. about it. And especially in a church setting, the acoustics of a church, mm. absolutely incredible. But um, obviously he had a hand at picking the song choices as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I, I actually like that pared down sound because no one wants a blaring choir in a funeral. Mm. Although it's beautiful, it's not a wedding. So it's a very yeah. different thing. And the fact that they were there and the the acoustics just, oh, it was, next time Hanged I go it. into St. James's Chapel, I'm just going to go, ah, see what happens. <laughs> like, because the sound was just incredible. And um, yeah. yeah, they should be, honestly, they probably had a sleepless night the night before, but I, I'm sure they slept very well knowing that they did mm. the Duke of Edinburgh proud. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. When we was watching it, my brother said, where are they? Because if you if you look at St. George's Chapel, it's there's like two different sections, isn't there? The part where the family was, which is very um, Tudor of the Tudor period. And then obviously the later part um, was built in a later period. So it looks different. Yeah, so if you think of, um, let's say, a wedding and you walk down the aisle, the first part where the choir were was where you would start the aisle. And then halfway, you kind of go over like a little step and then it moves into where the family were with a coffin. So it's one continuous building, but they are two completely separate styles of architecture. So that's why it it could actually, yeah, because it looks like they're just in a different place having a sing song, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we went there where the choir was that's normally chairs were full it was full of chairs wasn't it yeah so that's where the normal congregation go for a normal service I actually like that Mm. better I like that better than millions of well I say millions than hundreds of people filling it it felt so private and it felt so intimate and I think that's what I mean I guess that's because we're used to those types of funerals um you know normal people Mm. that makes sense yeah and also um the steps leaving leading up to the chapel where the coffin was carried when we went to Windsor Castle you couldn't actually go around that part could you mm, that's all cornered off yeah you're not yeah you can't go around there um so yeah so that that was interesting to see because I I thought when we went there I was like well where are the steps and then obviously I saw mm. that it was cornered off yeah. And again, we don't know whether that was because when we went there, it was COVID um, or whether it's just cornered off every single time. So we'll probably, when we go to Windsor Castle again, we'll give you an update on the podcast. Yeah. Choir was superb. I thought the songs were absolutely beautiful. Singers were on point, just beautiful. Conductor did a fantastic job. Um, and guess what? They read out his style. Yay! <laughs> Yay. So You've done it, all the work last week, Michelle. I know. 
in episode six, the tribute, I read his style and his style is including all of the Commonwealth during the funeral. They read his styles and titles, but they took certain titles and certain styles. So although that is his styles and titles, they didn't do it in his full entirety because that would have been, yeah, 20 minutes. When they were doing that, they panned all his regalia at the back and you could see how amazing and beautiful that was. And I really enjoyed that because you realize how important he was and what a massive impact he had on this world. So that was just beautiful. You're going to hear me say beautiful a lot during this because I thought it was a beautiful funeral. Let's just put it that way. The part when that when the styles and was being read out, that's when the coffin was being lowered. When we went to St. George's Chapel, I didn't even realize that that was the, that they could do that. Mm. I didn't I didn't notice anything in the ground because where that is, there's like a stone near which is where um it's got Henry VIII and Jane Seymour. Yeah, when we went, Rach, there was actually a ramp that we walked down and that was underneath that. Oh, right, okay. So when you go as a visitor, you don't see it in the way that it is televised when the royal family are there because they get it to royal standards, shall we say. Yeah. When you go as a visitor, they put all the rails up and make sure it's accessible for wheelchair users. Yeah, that's that's why. I, I, I'm assuming. I think that is mm. right. Um, so when we went to St. George's Chapel, we were speaking to a volunteer, which I mentioned in last week's episode. And I asked her, like, how the coffin got down below. And now that I've seen a picture of where the royal vault is, it's like, oh, right, okay. Because I'm like, well, there's like hundreds of people buried down there. I don't understand, like, where they're all going. Yeah. And I have to say, I haven't seen the picture of the royal vault. So I'd like to see it, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you my favourite part of the funeral. And I I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm not a massive fan of bagpipes, but (laughs) what I loved was, and you know me, I love symbolism, right? I just thought the bagpipes section was amazing. He started by playing towards the camera and they turned around and he walked away Mm. um, out of the chapel. And it was so symbolic of the Duke of Edinburgh leaving. The bagpipes are still playing but he's just exited stage left. And it was just, for me, I just I just thought it was the most beautiful part of it. Yeah. Um, I loved at the end when the Royal Marines were playing sound action stations on the trumpets right at mm. the end. Because yeah. again, that's something that Prince Philip had actually requested himself. Mm. I just thought, wow, like like we've said at the beginning, this this man, he just, he knew what he wanted basically, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and I think even in this the current time that we're in, he he still got that. Um, but it, I I feel like it was just in more of an understated way than what it would have been, which again was actually really nice, and for the family as well. Yeah, it it was more of him than he because I think his funeral he wanted it to be so paid back from a normal state funeral, and then actually it was even more than he could have ever wished for. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what who do you want at your funeral? You want your closest family there, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's that's who he got. Yeah. The bit that really got me was as they was leaving the chapel, obviously the Queen left first, 
and they all started leaving and then Princess Beatrice stepped down and she took a moment and she turned around and she just looked to where the coffin had gone down and I was like oh Mm. that really got me that bit did yeah so at the end of the service and when the royal family emerged from the chapel the queen got back into the state Bentley with her lady-in-waiting and drove back to Windsor Castle and the other family members the cars were all lined up, but it was an impromptu moment that they actually decided to walk back to the castle, maybe to collect their thoughts. Um, and another bit that got me was as they were walking, Peter Phillips, the camera went to him quickly, but he was actually crying. He was being comforted by Al Snowden. Um, and again, it just goes, you know, to prove that yes, millions of people are watching, but at the end of the day, This is a husband, a father, a grandfather. And of course, they're upset. We had shots of um, the, I've seen picture of, for instance, Prince Charles crying. Of course, he's going to cry. It's his dad. You know, it's his dad that he's saying goodbye to. Yeah. Um, And again, I don't think those things should actually be on the front of the newspaper. Like, it's it's someone's grief. It's someone at their, their most painful moment of their lives. Like, it doesn't need to be broadcast. Just put an, a picture of all the family from a distance or something. Be respectful. Yeah. Um, so we obviously need to touch very briefly on William and Harry. And I think Catherine, she was the peacemaker in that mm-hmm. talking. And you could see that she she took a step back and she thought, I think this will be a good opportunity for them to have mm. a chat. And to share in their grief. Yeah, so that's all I really want to say about Prince William and Harry. Yeah, I think, obviously, the media picked up on this quite a lot. Um, but he, Harry has been here for a few days now, um, obviously in um, quarantine in the run-up to the funeral. But we don't know if they... They could have had a chat on the phone. They could have been on a Zoom call. We don't know if they've been in correspondence with each other. But we... we um, you know, obviously we presume that that's the first time they've seen each other, but then they came out of Windsor Castle, you know, at the same time. So they probably have seen each other. They've probably spoken to each other um, before that. But again, yeah, I think it was like the media was like, oh, wow, they're talking. It's the first time that they spoke for over a year. It's like, oh, come on, like Mm. this isn't the main focus right now, but it was kind of made to be a bit of a yeah focus wasn't it the more that I look into the the British tabloids the more I realize they're just bullies they're just people who have no life and they want gossip and also like bullying people so um yeah they'll pick apart anything so that's kind of I I thought it was healthy to see them chatting and there's nothing Mm. like grief to unite people and there's, you, you always hear stories of people who've had a feud for 30 years and then somebody they love die and then they go, right, let's bury the hatchet. Let's just move forward. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what their relationship is. So it is what it is. And it's not our business to even know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so something to note is the next day, the amount of attention that was on Catherine afterwards um, and saying that what, what, they were saying that she was going to be an amazing consort and how regal she looked and how, um, how much of a, um, like just 
bigging her up, basically. And I thought nobody mentioned the Duchess of Cornwall. No, no one person mm. mentioned the fact that she's going to be a consort. Um, and I thought that was just something that maybe they just go for Kate because she's, she's like the younger, more quotation marks fashionable. Because there was a lot of talk about what um, Kate was wearing, wasn't there? And I just felt like it wasn't the time or the place to be discussing what they was all wearing. No. There was even someone who said, I think she's pregnant. And I thought, you know what? Shame yeah. on you. Like, shame on you for putting that out. Number one, if she was pregnant, who cares? whose <laughs> business is if it is yours? Exactly. And also, if, if she isn't pregnant, you just said she's fat. <laughs> like, I don't, it, 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 just, it was such poor taste. Anyway, let's not even give two thoughts to it. Um, Every aspect of that funeral was personalized to the Duke of Edinburgh. And as a family, they should be so proud of themselves for the send-off that they've given the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, it was a pleasure, and I felt proud to be part of the royal fan base and to witness something so special and so pared down, but so perfect mm. and beautiful. Yeah, and I just feel it was so poignant. It was just such an emotional service. It was, like you said, it was just fitted to the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, it was a family occasion. That's what I took away from it. We're all watching, but it was definitely a family occasion. And I think, you know, even now and in the weeks and months ahead, our thoughts are just going to be with Her Majesty the Queen um, and what she's going through because grief is a process. Mm. Grief just doesn't stop just because somebody, you've had the funeral and that's it. Mm. Um, but we know the Queen, it's her duty, she'll go on. Um, and yeah, just be interesting to see in the weeks and months ahead what happens in terms of royal engagements, um, how much more the other royals are going to be taken on um, on behalf of Her Majesty. But yeah, a fitting, a fitting send-off to an amazing man. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Our next episode will be the special of Kate and William's wedding. So stay tuned for that. And it's been such a sad time uh, for you all out there listening, our part of our royal community and also for Rachel and I. But we would love to extend our sympathies to Her Majesty and the royal family. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. And we are still keeping, keeping up, up with the, the Windsors. Windsors.